Hi there, and what is up, everybody? For those of you that are subscribed, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And for those of you that aren't, welcome to the Alternate Perspective Podcast, a podcast that raises consciousness, promotes personal growth, and gives an understanding of our subjective perceptions of reality, and in turn, helps us to better understand people and their alternate perspectives. If you've been keeping up with the protests or want a better understanding on them and everything that's been going on, I highly recommend to check out episode 2 on Terministic Screens. It highlights and breaks down how the language we use affects how we perceive the current issues being protested. Also, if you want to dive a little deeper and if you're interested in hearing how the news and social media algorithms manipulate how you think, check out episode 1 on Echo Chambers. But back to today's topic. Being a product of your environment. As always, a quick disclaimer. Anything that I see or propose in this podcast is not intended to attack values, beliefs, standpoints, or people. Any personal standpoints and examples that I give are simply a reflection of my personal perception of reality due to my lived experiences. However, the main goal here is to understand your personal perception so that you yourself can understand the way others perceive and reason. This is ultimately not to pick a side or to say who or what is right or wrong, but it does, however, serve to explain what leads people to believe that they are right or wrong. Also, a quick reminder to my subscribers and any new listeners that new episodes come out every Tuesday with different concepts aimed to help you understand how you perceive your own reality. If at any point during this episode it starts to sound like a bunch of words or concepts that you don't quite understand, don't worry, the examples will clarify. Also, if you stick till the end, I sometimes give a recap, tips on how to acknowledge and apply the concepts, and even sometimes a list of the words or other concepts mentioned on the episode. But let's get into it. What does it actually mean to be a product of your environment? I'm sure most of you have heard this at some point in your life, either by someone who has used it as a way to justify their actions, as a way to make an excuse, and even as a way to shed light on a topic. But what does that actually mean? Well, a product of your environment is simply that. The better question is, what does an environment consist of? Now this can be explained a bit better. Almost always, our environment is referred to the place where we grow up, where we're from, our home, our community, our city, those around us, and anything and everybody in between. But like everything else, You can't have a good without a bad. And the same goes for being a product of your environment. If things are still a little foggy, don't worry, the examples are coming up. Examples in this episode are going to include how environments play a role in the upbringing of children and how these environments lead to either positive or negative self-fulfilling prophecies. Another example that I'll be giving is how the influence of an environment can give a positive or negative stigma to certain communities and the residents that live there. And lastly, I'll give an example on how our environment leads to the generalization of how majority of people of color see the police and how the police use that same generalization to see people of color. All of these examples tie into the overall concept of a product of your environment and how perception affects our perspective on certain individuals and groups of people. Have you ever heard that it takes a village to raise a child? Even if you don't believe it, it's partly true. You see, no matter how hard your parents or guardians work to protect you or guide you, 
They know that they can't fully shelter you from the outside world. They know that one day you'll be exposed, and all they can hope is that they did a good enough job. Enters your quote-unquote reality. If you've never heard of a self-fulfilling prophecy, here's a mini-definition. A positive self-fulfilling prophecy is when someone gives an expectation of you and you start believing it and basing your actions on that person's expectation of you. You basically do what is necessary to live up to that expectation. You consciously and subconsciously make it your truth and it ultimately becomes your reality. However, the same goes for a negative self-fulfilling prophecy. If someone has a negative expectation of you, such as people saying, you're going to be a dropout, or you're going to be like your friends and get pregnant or get into drugs, or if they say things like you're dumb and you're never going to make it, sometimes, as bad as it sounds, this ends up happening and becoming true. And in some cases, it's either partly or directly as a result of constant negativity, negative expectations, negative fulfillments, and it leads to a negative self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I know that anything that I talk about is debatable, and I know that some people, including some of my listeners, may think that, oh, well, I mean, there's always a choice. It's a very common counter-argument in response to this. People can choose what's right and wrong, but to those people and to those of you that believe that there's always a choice, and as long as we work hard and stay the course, you'll be successful? Let me ask this. Did you know that kids that experience violence in their daily lives have a higher than average heart rate, which means that their adrenaline levels are at a constant high and constantly alert? And this isn't coming from me. It's coming from a study published in the Journal of Clinical Child and Adolescent Psychology. But hold on, it gets more interesting. Which communities are more likely to have reoccurring violence? I'll tell you one thing. It's not Beverly Hills. It's not gated communities. It's not the upper middle class communities or even gentrified communities. It's the communities that are disadvantaged, the ones that are segregated, and in some cases, the ones that are considered by the people as the forgotten cities. Cities such as Watts, Compton, South Central, and especially cities with lower income housing, or the projects as some of you know them. See, it's really easy to say that all kids start off with the same and that there's always a choice. But if you're quick to believe this, you misunderstand the reason why some people do what they do. You misunderstand their environment and the situations that they face that have altered the way that they see life. People who have to face violence on a daily basis or hear gunshots or sirens constantly don't understand what this causes to the human body. Sure, people in these communities become conditioned to it, but they pay a heavy price that isn't talked about. If you look into this topic, you can find articles that tell how these environments create stress amongst other health issues as a direct result of continuous violence and adrenaline to the body. But let's talk a little more about opportunities. The fact that there are conversations about opportunities says something in itself. How can you say that we all start in the same place when some of our children's brains are chemically imbalanced due to higher levels of constant adrenaline? And even worse, the focus for some of these kids no longer becomes school, but rather focusing on getting to and from school safely. There is a shift from attention to learning 
to attention to surviving, but some people refuse to listen. They refuse to listen to what caused all of this in the first place. There is a lack of understanding as to what it means to be a product of your environment, and instead, the attention is turned to, there's always a choice. Now, I understand that sometimes in our social settings and social environments, it ends up shaping our ego, our social perceptions of reality, and in turn, these social settings and environments deem our reality to be the real truth. But when the ego is heightened in only one setting, especially with the help of echo chambers, a lack of understanding happens. Individuals begin to use egocentric philosophy and become judgmental rather than understanding. This is where there's always a choice judgmental mentality kicks in, and this mentality ultimately leads to the rejection of the concept of a product of your environment, and instead replaces it with the idea of negative self-fulfilling prophecies, fake news, and a disregard to anything that they didn't personally endure in their own environments. And I know I gave a lot of commentary for that example, but things needed to be said. But let's move on to the example of how the influence of environments can have positive or negative stigmas, not only to the environments themselves, but to the people that live there. You see, youth that live in gang-infested neighborhoods or housing projects understand that the outside world already has a fixed opinion on them, simply based on where they live. But what does that create within them? In a way, they begin to find a safe haven within their groups. They begin to create the idea that there is no way out. It is what it is. The effects of negative self-fulfilling prophecies kick in, and in some cases, they're completed. Meaning, the cycle continues. It turns into a born, raised, and never left type of situation. The thing is that society is quick to blame them for their actions, but never wants to accept the repercussion of what they did as a society to push them to feel like they didn't have any other choice. And of course, there are some people in these communities and environments that beat the odds and find a way to go against the current. But that isn't the case all the time, and it definitely isn't the case I'm focusing on. There is a lot that goes on here, from friends, to influences, to family, to socioeconomic discrimination, to a one-parent household, the list goes on and on. But very few people care to listen or understand. And I get it. No one wants to reject that what they've believed and have been taught for years is wrong or is different. I get it. I really do. At the end of the day, it's easier and makes more sense to blame it on the individual and say that, oh, they made wrong choices or they had a choice. But we have to remember that not everyone's situation is the same. There's a reason why it's called a subjective perception of reality. There is no one-size-fits-all to this thing we call life and how it works. And remember, the more critical we are, the more aware we become. Many of us just blindly accept things as they come, and if it didn't happen to us, we're quick to discredit, but that is exactly how generalization and fallacies happen. And that brings us to my last example. How our environments lead the police to generalize and characterize the people of certain environments and how specifically people of color use their experiences that occurred within their environments to generalize police. Generalization is dangerous for both sides, for cops and people. Saying that all cops are bad technically gives the okay for cops to think that all people of color are bad, especially all people of color 
within a certain environment. It's not a one-way thing, and this way of thinking actually hurts everyone, including the cause of reaching reform within the justice system. Not all cops are bad or murderers, just like not all black people are ghetto, threatening, or uneducated. And just like not all Mexicans are rapists, job takers, or gangbangers. These narratives have to be changed, but we cannot do that if we continue to generalize. This way of generalizing is known as a composition fallacy, which states that what's true of the part must be true of the whole. Obviously, this is problematic, and I get it. In the case of all the police brutality going on right now, if a good cop doesn't stop a bad cop, then he sides with the bad cop. And yes, I understand that form of reasoning. But we also have to try and understand why that is. And in case you didn't know, this action that they do where they don't tell on each other or reprimand each other is actually known as the blue code or the blue wall of silence. Where basically, they have a rule within themselves to not snitch on each other. Crazy how it sounds very similar to the street code that gangs follow, right? Don't be a snitch. But that's a topic for a different episode. I know I mentioned the environments of people of color, but I want to make a quick mention about the environment of police officers. Specifically, their environment within their police stations and the fellow officers they surround themselves with. This blue wall of silence offers an environment with a false sense of empowerment, which ties into an echo chamber of constant reinforcement from their fellow officers which also ties into deterministic screens in the language that police use, such as calling people civilians. And I know that they use the term civilians to address people who aren't wearing the uniform, but what most of you don't know is what that badge and uniform enforces. It enforces what they already believe since they can't or shouldn't be told otherwise by their fellow officers. Now, I wanted to leave you all with some tips, but first... Here are a list of terms that were used throughout the episode for those of you that wish to look them up and learn a little more about them. Product of your environment. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Negative self-fulfilling prophecy. Echo chambers. Terministic screens. Composition fallacy. Egocentric philosophy. And socioeconomic discrimination. Again, don't be ashamed of where you come from. Know your worth and live your truth. You can be a positive product of your environment rather than a victim of that environment. Understand and make peace with the fact that not everyone wants to listen and that it's not necessarily right for people to say that there's always a choice, but rather they say it because it's a lot easier than admitting and changing what they've been taught for so long. Also, understand that there are people out there such as myself that truly understand that sometimes the choices we have is the one that deals with choosing the lesser evil. Please, for all of you listening, I urge you to understand that generalizing police or people of color does nothing for any side. It actually weakens the argument by creating fallacies. Not all cops are bad, but good cops that don't out bad cops are bad. All lives matter, but only once black lives matter. And lastly, abolish the ideology that a lesser people exists.